Welcome to the She Unleashed podcast, where we apply biblical wisdom to our everyday lives and unleash the life that God has intended for us. I am your host, Tiffany Cooley, and today we have with us Ms. Takesha Garrett. Takesha is a humble servant of God, speaker, intercessor, and a faithful minister of the gospel. She is a loving wife of 22 years and a loving mother of three, ages 22, 21, and 16. She was born and raised in Indiana and a graduate of Indiana Wesleyan University with a degree in business administration. She is a firm believer that God created everyone with a purpose and we are expected to live every waking moment of our lives walking out that purpose. She has a passion and a mandate for God to teach, encourage, and sincerely help others see their worth and value and live the overcoming life found in Jesus Christ alone. Welcome, Ms. Takesha Garrett. Thank you so much, Evangelist Cooley. Thank you, and thank you for joining us today. I'm excited to have you come and join us and share with us a little bit about uh, your life and your experience. You know, I know we've had a few opportunities to be able to connect, and I've got to hear you preach and teach, and it's just been an amazing time getting to hear you. So I'm excited again to be able to have you share your gift with us today. As always, we always start off with a testimony. So if you could just share with the audience a brief testimony so that people would know a little bit about what Ms. Takesha Garrett has overcome. Okay. Well, I do want to just start out by saying that I am just truly, truly, I'm excited to be able to, to be here. Um, I just, I want to truly thank you, um, uh, Evangelist Cooley, for just allowing me to be able to be here. I, I truly consider it a blessing and an honor to be able to um, just be before your audience on today. And so um, I will go ahead and share um, uh, one of my testimonies. Um, so on July the 11th of 2017, I received a call from my stepdad. He said to me, I think you need to come over here. I said, okay, is everything okay? He said, I don't know, your mom is not responding. So my response to him was, what do you mean she's not responding? I said, I just spoke to her about an hour ago and she was fine. Mm -hmm. Then I said, well, have you called the ambulance? He said, yes. And I knew then that this was not good. Mm -hmm. So I headed towards my mom's house and what should have been a 20 minute drive felt like an eternity. Mm -hmm. And by the time I arrived, the paramedics were there. They were working on my mom. And unfortunately, she did not make it. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I entered into a very just overwhelming, unfamiliar course of my life. And I entered into a season of grief, facing life as a daughter without a mother or a father, because I had lost my dad on Halloween day of 2011. And then even 14 months, just 14 months after my mom passed, I also lost my stepdad as well. Mm. And so looking back on this, in the immediate days after my mom's death, I believe that my faith became my autopilot. So much so that God gave me the supernatural strength and the ability to be able to eulogize my mom. Mm. But after, it felt like after the, the dust began to settle and the phone calls and the text messages and the visits were not as frequent, 
Then reality set in and I had a choice to make. Do I let grief take over or do I give my grief to God and allow him to be able to carry me and give me direction in this painful season of my life? Well, in my mind, I wanted to take the healthy road and some days I was successful in doing so. But most days I allowed the grief to just take over. Mm -hmm. My mom and I, we were so close. And so her death took such a toll on me mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And see, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at spiritually. Death has a way of bringing you to your knees in the worst way. And so I ended up taking quite a bit of time off work. I didn't want to go to church and I love being able to go into God's house and being able to just um, be a part of what God is doing in the body of Christ. And so I didn't want to do any of those things. I was angry. I was broken. I felt empty. I was drained. Some days I felt like God had just betrayed me. I had insomnia. I felt lonely, although I had my husband and my kids and uh, so many others that were there to support me. I was shutting people out. And some days it just felt like I was losing my mind. Some days I felt like I was just ambushed by the grief that I was under. I was in a dark place. I was just wounded and just not well. And then I'll never forget the words from my husband when he said to me, the kids and I are really worried about you. Then he said, you know, your mom would not want you to be like this. And he was right. My mom absolutely adored her grandkids. And if she felt like I was in such a pit to the point where it was not only taking a toll on me, but also on my kids and my husband and those that were trying to be there for me, she just would have been so hurt by that. Right. And not only would she have been hurt by that, I know that my kids and my husband, they needed me and I needed them. And I know that it was hurting them to see me in such a pit. So it was at that point that I made the decision and it wasn't easy to allow God back into the driver's seat of my life. And I allowed him to be able to carry me and give me direction in this painful season of my life. Now, that doesn't mean that the grief left, because the thing about grief is that it doesn't come and go in a particular order or time frame. It tends to come in waves. And just when you think that you're on the mend and getting through like a certain phase of grief, then another wave sweeps in and then you're forced to revisit all of those memories and the pain and the heartache and even the fear at times that comes along with the loss of a loved one. But on that day, Moving forward, I made the decision to run to God and to use scripture and prayer for healing. And on those difficult days when I just couldn't seem to pray or just get anything out, I would let others in. And I relied on others to be able to help me and to speak life into me and to pray for me um, during that season. And also, I kept in the forefront of my mind that in order for me to get to a place of wholeness, it was important that I keep God close to my heart instead of pushing him away. So yeah. the best way for me to describe it is that the word of God was literally my lifeline. It was my bread of life and my living water. And to those that are listening on today, all of your listeners that are here today listening to me. 
If you are in a season of darkness like I was, I want you to know that light will come and that God can heal, restore, and save you. If he did it for me, he'll do the exact same thing for you. And so, and that's one of my testimonies. Yes. Wow. That, that's, a, that's an amazing testimony. And I know so many uh, deal with grief. We, we don't always deal with grief the way that others assume we should deal with grief. Just, just hearing your story about how God was your source and how you allowed God to be in the driver's seat of your life. I, I know yes. that reigns, you know, true for so many that they, they, they feel like if it literally had not been for God, I don't know how I would have made it through that. So thank you yes. for that. Thank you for that testimony. Thank you for that. I know that it's going to help many who are dealing with grief at this time. We're at the part of the podcast where we allow for you to be able to share what God has placed on your heart. So at this time, the floor is open and we're excited to hear what God has placed on your heart. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again. I'm going to kind of stay in that same lane um, that I just spoke about in, in, uh, in giving my testimony. I think all of us can agree that 2020 and 2021 have just been a time of uncertainty, devastation, complexity, and even chaos. And in addition to all of the words that I use to describe 2020 and 2021, and this is not an exhaustive list, I can't help but to think about the heightened level of grief and mourning that thousands of people all over the globe are experiencing right now. See, grief doesn't just come from losing a loved one. Many people are dealing with grief um, due to the loss of employment. Some are dealing with grief due to the loss of their health. Some are, are, are grieving, uh, maybe they had just gone through a divorce and so they're grieving the loss of a relationship. Some are even grieving the loss of their lives pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so, but whatever has caused you to end up in a season of grief, I want you to understand that there is nothing that is too hard for God. There is no pit that's too deep for him to be able to pull you out of. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus was a man of many sorrows and that he is acquainted with our grief. So that lets us know that the Lord can meet you right where you're at and that he understands what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I really believe that there are many who are trying to work through their grief and they're going about it and they're doing it the best way that they know how. And then there are many who may be grieving in a very unhealthy way because there is a healthy way to grieve and there is an unhealthy way to grieve as well. And so today I want us to look at a woman of faith in the Bible by the name of Naomi. Mm -hmm. Naomi is someone who is very familiar with grief. And not only is she very familiar with grief, but she is someone that we can learn a lot from as her season of grief will teach us what it means to persevere, especially when we're navigating through these difficult circumstances or when we're navigating through seasons of grief. Naomi's life will even show us how God in his marvelous grace and mercy restores her joy and she eventually is filled with life and a sense of purpose again. And if God did it for Naomi, he can and he will do the same thing for each of us. So let's look into the word of God on today. 
We're going to be coming from the book of, of the book of Ruth, and I'm going to uh, to read some verses from chapter one. And I just want to encourage all of your listeners as well. Um, if you have an opportunity, um, uh, when you have a chance, read the entire book of Ruth. It will truly, truly bless you. And so starting at verse one of, of Ruth, it reads, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women. One of the women named is Orpah, and the other name is Ruth. And after they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So the first thing that I want to point out is that is what Naomi was up against and just how devastating this must have been for Naomi. First, the death of her husband, Elimelech, and then many years later, the death of not one of her sons, but both of her sons. And see, the losses that Naomi suffered was even more traumatic for Naomi than they would have been even in our modern society. Because during that time, your husband's inheritance would go to his male relatives. So not only was she alone, but this was like uh, just a, a, a triple slap in the face. Not only was she alone, but now that both of her sons had passed, she was considered destitute. And in her mind, there was just no coming back from that. So Naomi was at a very low place in her life. So not long after the death of her two sons, Naomi had gotten word that the Lord had come to the aid of his people in her hometown, Bethlehem. Remember, Naomi and her husband and her kids, they were from Bethlehem. They just moved to Moab just to um, get away from the famine that was taking place in their hometown, Bethlehem. So Naomi made the decision after hearing about what the Lord was doing for his people in her hometown, Bethlehem, Naomi and her daughter-in-laws, uh, Ruth and Orpah, they decided to head back to uh, Bethlehem. But halfway there, Naomi stopped and she displayed what was probably her first response to grief, which is a very common response. She started pushing her daughter-in-laws, Orpah, she started pushing Ruth, she started pushing them away. She said to them, return to your home, my daughters. Why would you want to come with me? I'm not going to have any more sons who could become your husbands. See, grief can cause you to want to be left alone and to bear the grief uh, that you're dealing with in isolation. Now, her daughter-in-law, Orpah, she gave in and she turned back. But thanks be to God that Ruth, her daughter-in-law, did not give in. She was persistent and she was determined to stay with her mother-in-law. As a matter of fact, Ruth said to her, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. 
your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Now, Ruth, as we can see, was a ride or die. And each and every one of us, you need a Ruth in your life. If you don't have a Ruth in your life, you got to get a Ruth in your life because Ruth was a ride or die. And now we are coming to a point and this is huge. And I want everyone under the sound of my voice to be able to catch this. An important step to working through our grief and grieving in a healthy way is to be willing to share it with others. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that we are to mourn with those who mourn. See, a lot of times when we're grieving, we tend to shun others. And for as tempting as it is to do so, because when you're in that season of grief, it is very tempting. And, and, and sometimes if, if the truth be told, and I just want to be honest here and just as transparent as I can possibly be, sometimes that's where you want to be. It's, it's easy for you to go and just kind of, um, you know, just, just ball up in your little corner of the world and just lock everyone else out and just be in that space. That's tempting to be able to do so. And so, um, but, but we need to make sure that we are sharing our grief with others, sharing that with others. And so you may wonder, well, well, what do you mean by that? Share it with others. What does that look like to share it with others? That could mean getting into like some counseling or, you know, getting a therapist, having some one-on-one -on -one counseling, or even becoming a part of a grief support group and preferably like a Christian grief support group or doing both. For me personally, I'm not ashamed to admit that I did both. And on top of doing both, I thank God for the support of my husband and my kids and my family. And then I also had some genuine prayer warriors. I had some roofs. I had some ride or dies on speed dial that I could share my very real and very raw emotions with that would not judge me, that would not reject me, that wouldn't avoid me. Because let's just be real. When you're in the trenches of grief, everybody is not willing to get into those trenches with you. Mm -hmm. See, some folks will ask you, how are you doing? But they really don't want to know. As a matter of fact, they will even try to avoid you because they don't want to hear about what you're going through. But God does have some folks that he has assigned specifically to you that will pray for you, that will pray with you. They will take the time to listen to you. They will even cry with you. They will just flat out be there for you. And let me just go ahead and say this also. Because there's such a stigma when it comes to getting counseling and going in and seeing like a therapist. And so for those of you who may have been told that seeking out counseling is a sign of weakness, that is probably one of the biggest misconceptions I've ever heard. And in all honesty, seeking out counseling is a sign of strength. And so when we begin to share our stories with God and with others, it, it causes our grief to be lessened. So my point to you on today is allow others to be able to come alongside of you and to be able to help you. It's okay to allow them to come alongside of you and to be able to help you during your season of grief. It is okay not to be okay. Because if you are someone, and a lot of us as women, we are this way. 
And so even if we have some men that are listening to this, a lot of us are, we are the ones that's used to seeing about everybody else. But there will come a time where you just need to allow others to be able to take care of you. And it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. So later on, when Naomi and Ruth, they arrived in Bethlehem, Naomi's intense grief, it really began to kick in and she began to express it. The scripture says when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred up because of them. And the women in Bethlehem said, is that Naomi? And she said to them, don't call me Naomi. Instead, call me Mara, because the almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away from Bethlehem full, but the Lord has brought me home to Bethlehem empty. Why call me Naomi? See, Naomi means pleasant. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? Now, as we can see from that particular passage of scripture, these are common responses to grief. She's overwhelmed by the tragic circumstances that she finds herself in. She's empty. She's drained of any purpose or any hope for the future. She's bitter and resentful. She's angry with God for allowing such a tragedy to happen in her life. Now, keep in mind, all of these things are typical responses to grief. And keep in mind also that Naomi was a woman of faith. She was a born again believer. But this just helps us to see that it doesn't matter who you are, if you have experienced loss in this life, then you may have some of these same responses. And it doesn't make these responses right, but it just lets us know that no one is exempt from being faced with these responses to grief. Mm -hmm. So this leads me to my next point. And it's another very important part of working through our seasons of grief. And that is expressing it to God expressing it to God. The scripture tells us, you know, when I sit down and when I rise up, Mm -hmm. you discern my thoughts from afar. See, that lets us know that God understands us and he wants to commune with us. He wants us to open up to him because when we begin to open up to him, we can see from this scripture that I just shared that he already knows our thoughts anyway. And so he's ready and he's willing and and wanting us to be able to share those thoughts with him. He has a way of being able to open up our minds to the truth that he loves us and that he is faithful and that he is in control. And even though we may be in 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 a situation or in a season where at times we can't even think past our pain, we have to understand that God is your safe place. He is a place that you can go to, to be able to rise above all that is afflicting us. God is our refuge. He is the air that we breathe. He is our place of safety. He fences us in. He'll spread his wings out all over you. And you have to be willing to let go and let God place you in the palm of his hand where no one or nothing will be able to get to you. He is the only help and hope that we have in our darkest hour. So don't push him out. Don't reject 
reject him. He is the whale. I am a witness. He is the whale that never runs dry. He is the only one that can give you the courage and the confidence to stand strong during your darkest hour. He will refresh you day in and day out. So keep looking to him. Keep looking to the hills from which cometh your help and know that all of your help does come from him. There is none like him in all the earth. I assure you of that. Mm -hmm. And so after returning and getting settled into Bethlehem, Naomi's daughter-in-law, Ruth, took the initiative to go out into the field to work. She said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So while out working, Ruth meets a man by the name of Boaz. Boaz is a wealthy man and he is a man of integrity and he is interested in Ruth and Ruth is also interested in him. And the scripture says that Boaz tells Ruth, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Now, Naomi and Ruth are they're, they're considered family. And basically, God is letting them know that he has always been faithful to his word and that bringing Naomi and Ruth back to Bethlehem was an expression of his care for Naomi and for her family as well. See, God's hand is all in this. He has not taken his hand off of Naomi. And in spite of what the enemy was trying to feed her, God has been there for her every step of the way. See, God knows how to, he's an observer and he is the God who is able to see us even when we feel as though all hope is lost. So no matter how dark it may be right now, please know that it is a season and that seasons do change. And as long as you have breath in your body, God still has a purpose and a plan for your life and it is good. Mm. And so Boaz, as we uh, continue to just, just journey on in this story, so, so Boaz marries Ruth. And he becomes the kinsman redeemer for their family. I even like the redeemer. That right there lets you know that this is getting ready to be good. And as a result of that, Naomi's land is returned to her along with her financial means. And as we talked about earlier, with um, in, in that day, all when, when all of your male relatives were gone, then that means that uh, you no longer had an inheritance, basically. So Naomi thought that she was destitute. But with the kinsman redeemer being there for her family, her financial means were restored as well. And then on top of that, Ruth gives birth to a son who provides their family a direct lineage to Jesus. And the Bible says, a woman says to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative and may his name be famous in Israel and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Then Naomi took the child and rocked him on her chest. So our faithful God, our gracious God, our merciful God, has restored Naomi's joy, her peace, her finances, her hope, and her smile. And she was once again filled with life. 
So in closing, as you are working through your seasons of grief, remember to share it with others. Don't walk through this difficult season alone. Express your grief to God. Don't shut him out. And then last but not least, don't let the enemy make you think that God has turned his back on you or that God doesn't love you or that God no longer has a plan and a purpose for you. Let Naomi's story remind you that as long as you have a breath in your body, I said it before, and it's worth repeating. As long as you have breath in your body, God is working out a plan of redemption, healing, and restoration in your life. May God bless each of you that have heard this word on today and may God keep each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. That was, that was an awesome reminder of grief. It's an awesome reminder of us. And more importantly, it was an awesome reminder of God and how capable he is how awesome he is, how he knows all and sees all. And he's right there, right there with us in the trenches. So thank you again for that, that word. Um, of course, I want to go back and just go over a few points. And we're just going to chat a little bit um, about some of the things that you've mentioned. Um, you talked about your faith being on autopilot. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that meant for you? Sure. So um when I think about, and this, this is something that happened in the, um, the, in the earlier days when right after my mom had passed away. So uh, God had allowed me to be able to eulogize, you know, my mom during that time. And I, I, I felt like my, with my faith being like an, an autopilot, God was allowing me, I mean, I, I had strength that I know that it had to come from the Lord. Yes. And if I, and if I, if I never understood the mm -hmm. scripture that his strength is made perfect yes. in times of weakness, I'm mm -hmm. telling you that scripture came alive in me because I still, e even to this day, I think about how mm -hmm. in the world did I have the strength and even the mind to be able to do that, to be able to eulogize mm -hmm. my mom and try my best to try to keep everything together and just, you know, going through this thing, trying to, um, you know, trying, you know, in the earlier days, you have to make sure that you are taken care of. Uh, I was pretty much the person that was responsible for taking care of all of her affairs and just, you know, trying to, trying to keep everything together, trying to keep everybody together. And so that's what I mean by my faith was just in autopilot at that time until things began to settle down. Wow. It just makes me think of his anointing and how his anointing yeah. supersedes every part of us, you know, yeah, how, so you know, where we lack, he's just right there with all power. He's able to complete the things that were impossible. And it's just, he just amazes yeah. me. He just, and that, and that amazes me because we know, you know, especially how close you were with your mother. It's just all God. It's all God. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned you felt angry, broken, and betrayed by God. Um, when you felt that betrayal from God, what was some of those characteristics? Like what, how did you respond to what you felt to be betrayal from God? Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of the way that I responded 
as a result of the betrayal that I felt was because uh, for a while I I had just made up my mind that I was done with ministry. Mm-hmm. I would and, and I even said, and this is this is even, I mean, this is crazy, but it's it's so real. I mean, real. I, I want to be just, you know, as real and transparent as I can possibly be. I even remember saying to God, okay, this wasn't supposed to happen. You know, um, so you know, this this is the deal breaker. I, you know, I'm I'm done when it comes to ministry. I'm, you know, I'm I'm done with that. You know, that's that's just not something that this wasn't supposed to be a part of that. You know, um, just, you know, I, I've been doing my very best to to serve you, to worship you. I've been giving it my all. Um, I was just angry and I just felt like, you know, everything that I was pouring out and trying my best to do everything that I felt like God was calling for me to do. And then this happened. And so I felt like that was betrayal. And so um, and, and a lot of that had to do with because I really didn't understand um, you know, just, um, I really hadn't, even though I had, I had lost my dad also. And so I I went through some of those changes then when I lost my dad, but it was like, I I really didn't understand that losing someone that I love didn't mean that God had turned his back on me or that God had betrayed me. And, and I even started to later on, I began to feel, um, I began to feel really bad for even looking at it like that. And I felt like that God was even dealing with some pride that was within me because to me, what I was saying to God was, okay, because I have did all these things, you're not supposed to let this happen. Mm. And see, and that's, that's not the right way. That's, that's, that's not the right type of mindset. You know, I just, um, you know, it was almost like I was saying to God, how dare you, you know, how, how dare you let this happen? You know, yeah. this wasn't supposed to happen to me, not not me. That was pride. That was pride. Mm-hmm. If I haven't seen pride before, that's exactly what that was. And so uh, mm-hmm. I learned a lot during that time. I can say that. And just the whole emphasis on pride. I don't think we often look at pride in that way um, yeah. to say that we actually think that we are owed something in particular. And, and you're right, it is. And we, Lord help us because we all deal with that at some level. And, but we don't think of it in those terms. And so I thank you for sharing that because I don't think that's something that we even really ponder as much when we go through yeah. those, those moments of grief. So thank you for sharing that because that, that is a really good point. You talked about putting God in the driver's, you made a decision to put God in the driver's seat of your life. Talk to me about what that looked like for you. Yeah. So when I made that decision to, you know, to, to allow God to, to take the wheel, to, to put him back into the driver's seat of my life, then that meant that um, it didn't mean that the grief just went away. But what it meant was, you know, during that, that season of grief, I was, I was, I had in my heart, I was determined to do things God's way, to allow God to give me direction and to give me the guidance that I needed to allow, um, you know, to allow him to, you know, because some days I would, you know, I would just say, cause grief is, it, it's work when you're going through, when you're grieving, that's work. And so, you know, some days you'll, you'll, you'll wake up and it's like, okay, I don't think I can do it today. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, I had to make that decision to, to, to get the work done. If that meant, you know, if, if I, if I felt like I, I just didn't want to uh, do it today, I had to, I had to figure out what was God wanting me to do for that day. You know, mm-hmm. did he want me to go to my grief support group? Did he want me to go to my counselor? Did he want me to answer the phone for someone that was trying to bless me, someone that was trying to check on me and, and trying to and trying to help me in that season? Did he want me to um, to 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 do some um, to create some new normals? Um, you know, so so it was about just letting him do the driving. Yeah, because if we don't allow him to be in the driver's seat and really, really try to stay in tune with the Lord and don't and not to shut him out, then, you know, you you have to be willing to do whatever it is that he tells you to do. And sometimes it may be things that you just don't feel like doing. You don't you don't necessarily want to go out that day or, you know, go to dinner that day or, you know, uh, or, or hang with a friend or you, you may not necessarily want to do that, but God knows best. And yeah. so if he's saying, get up and do those things, I know best. And I know what's going to be able to, um, to, to help you in the long run. I know what's best for you in the long run. So I need you to go ahead and do these things, even if you don't feel like it. So that's what it means, putting him back into the driver's seat, because a lot of things didn't make sense to me. And when you're dealing with grief, your brain is a lot of times not really, um, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to explain. Sometimes it can be like a brain fog or where, um, you're not, you know, you're not really thinking rationally. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so when you have God in the driver's seat, he already knows that. And so he's going to cover you. And so, like I said, he's going to sometimes have you to do things that, uh, that don't make sense to your mind at that time. You're like, okay, why would you want me to do this? I don't want to go out and have any fun. I don't want to go out and laugh right now. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to go. And, you know, another, another thing that God was doing for me during that time, um, I think I eulogize more people, um, during that time, during that season than I have in my entire life. Wow. God kept having people to call on me to, um, to, to eulogize, you know, um, their, uh, it was either family members or, you know, uh, um, uh, people that, uh, I had friends that, you know, was calling on me to eulogize their family members. And I just kept saying, okay, Lord, what's, I don't know what's going on right now. Um, yeah, this, this is, this is different. (laughs) And, um, you know, but that's, that, that was me allowing God to be in the driver's seat. Because another thing I think sometimes we don't realize is that when we are going through seasons of grief, it blesses you more than you know, when you can have an opportunity to be able to help someone else. Mm-hmm. And see, and God knows that, but when you're in it, you don't see that. All you know is just the just the excruciating pain that you're feeling. And so you're really not thinking about trying to really be a blessing to anybody else or trying to help anybody else. And you don't realize how much when you are a blessing to others, it helps you in your time of grief. Wow. Wow. He's, he's so amazing. You know, he's a light into yes, our feet in every way imaginable. You know, he's a light into our feet in those dark places. And, you know, we, we can attribute his power in every aspect of our lives. And, you know, just yes. you speaking about him, um, just kind of giving you direction. It, it applies to grief. And it applies in 
other areas of our lives. You know, if we've lost jobs or there's career changes or, you know, people are sick. He is so powerful. He's so all knowing that he's able to do that same thing in every aspect of our lives. And it's like, yes, he's just telling us digress. I can just keep hearing digress, be still digress in me. And I'm going to lead you to the designated place, but, it, but I will need yes, that's good. to digress so that I can get you there. Um, you also talked about uh, that Ruth stayed with her and, yes. you know, it's just so important to have those people in, in our lives that, you know, stay regardless, uh, yes. because especially when you're going through some really, really tough times in your life, when you're going through some serious disappointments in your life. You need at least one good person mm-hmm. that's going to stay. And even when you're being irrational or you don't even understand or you're not being the nicest, you know, yeah. I just thank God that he will send at least that, that, that one somebody. And I think sometimes we don't understand the value of God's direction when he sends someone next to us. Or, or we think it should be someone else that's here right now. And he's like, no, I know exactly who I have for you yes. at this particular time. And I'm God enough to, to send them to you. That, that, that is something that we do. We do tend to shut people away. And we also tend to go into these quiet places, these places where we're alone. And we know that's the enemy's playground is to get you alone by yourself and in your own Yes, yeah, so true. Yeah, that is yeah. so true. So um, let's talk about, you, you also mentioned uh, Naomi. She was like, I don't, you know, don't call me Naomi no more. My name, that name meant pleasant. Um, yeah. I thought about how we have, when we go through certain things, we lose our identity in God. Um, yeah. We lose our purpose. You mentioned losing our purpose and our identity. And I, and I thought about how we literally forget who he said we were during those times mm-hmm. and any time in any situation where we forget who we are in God, we're off track. It gets us off our destiny. And so the enemy wants us to get in those places where we forget who we are, whether like, like it, like, like I said, whether it be job situations, you know, loss of, of career, loss of homes, loss of friends, loss of family. He yeah. wants us to forget who we are during those times. And that's why we have to always renew our minds daily in him. Yes, that's right. So that we that's remind right. ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and it gets us off our purpose. One thing he don't want us to be in is, is in our purpose. Yes. And that, you know, and, and, and we have to, that's why I was saying also that, you know, we have to keep in mind that it's a season. And, you know, and, and sometimes we can get really off track in the different seasons of our lives. Like you had mentioned, you know, we will, we'll forget, you know, why he even, you know, like Naomi, she even, you know, forgot, you know, why he named her Naomi. Your name was Naomi. That meant pleasant. Pleasant. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but because of her circumstances that she was under, because of the season that she was in, she wanted to change her name. And, and instead of, you know, looking at it and we, we have to always keep in mind the seasons do change. So that season is going to eventually change. She's not going to always be in that season. So yeah, yeah, we just have to be really careful because the enemy yes. will truly, truly, um, and like you said, if we're not renewing our minds on a daily basis, 
we will uh, will succumb, you know, to yeah. to to what the enemy is sending our way. Yes, and God can handle our tough spots. He can handle our tough oh, yes. spots like no one else. You also talked about counseling and therapy, and you mentioned it's okay not to be okay. And I think that is an issue that we, as the church, we, we, we don't do that very well. And I think that's something that we really need to work on as a church as well. Understanding that mm-hmm. God uses people. He does. He does. Yes. And we have to allow people to help us in those tight spots. That's right. And it doesn't mean that it's, you know, when, when we think about, um, you know, um, just, just, getting therapy. And I always try to, you know, stress the fact also that, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's not a, a, like a one, you know, like you, you just go to your, to your counseling and that's all that you need. I know for me, it took all of those things, you know, just the the one-on-one counseling. And then also, um, you know, even, even the uh, grief, like support group, um, counseling and, and, and just also, um, you know, having my family and, you know, uh, my support group within my family and my friends, you know, so, so having all of those things and even, and then let me not forget this because this is probably the most important part of your, uh, as your, as your journey and through, uh, your season of grief is having your one-on-one time with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? And so all of those things, are, are, are what's needed. So not just one, but all of those things yes. is, is what we need in order to get to the place of complete wholeness again. Because God can use them all. Yes, he can. God can use them all. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing what you've given today. I know there are many people who are dealing with grief and I know this is going to bless someone. So I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing your story. I appreciate your authenticity in sharing your story because it's the reality. Um, I'd like for you to be able to share any information that you may have about how they can get in contact with you. If you have anything, events or any special things coming up that they can be a part of, please feel free to share that uh, with our audience. Sure, sure. And again, thank you so much, um, Evangelist Cooley, for having me and just um, allowing me to be able to share um, and so uh, to, to your audience, I, um, I am truly um, uh, just try to be just, just an open book. I try to um, help in any way that I can. So um, I am able to, well, let me, let me, let me first share that um, one of the things uh, that, that really helped me during my, during my season of grief, uh, my church is actually offering um, a program that I had actually went through called Grief Share. And so Grief Share, Grief Share is a weekly seminar and a support group that's designed to help you after losing a loved one. So my church, New Beginnings Fellowship Church, um, is offering this Grief Share uh, group and they're actually having uh, offering the classes right now. And okay. so, um, and I'm a believer in Grief Share because as I shared uh, with you that I went through um, a grief support group. And mm-hmm. so grief share was the uh, program that I went through. And so I just definitely just want to encourage you if you're grieving the loss of a loved one, or you know, someone um, mm-hmm. that is, please share this information with them. And you can sign up uh, for grief share by going to newbnd.org. 
And again, that's new. And then the letter B, um, I-N-D-Y dot org. And you can click on grief share classes and you'll be able to sign up. And if for some reason, the classes at my church, if they don't work for you, um, you know, maybe because of the location or just the timing or the day that the classes are held, please reach out to me. And I will, um, if you're still interested in wanting to be a part of a grief share group, reach out to me. I can be uh, reached on Facebook. I'm at Keisha Brown hyphen Garrett. And again, that's K-I-S-H-A and then uh, Brown, B-R-O-W-N hyphen Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. And I do have messengers. So feel free um, to send me a private message and I will, um, I will get back with you. Or you can also send me an email as well. My email address is Takesha underscore Garrett at yahoo.com. So that's Takesha, T-A-K-I-S-H-A underscore Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T at yahoo.com. Um, and I will um, help you and, and, and try to put you in, in uh, contact with uh, another place that, that can offer the grief share um, because it'll be the same curriculum and just a more uh, maybe a more convenient location or a more convenient date for you. And also, um, I want to share some information about an upcoming um, women's prayer breakfast titled "Bring the Oil." And I'm so honored to be a part of this uh, of this upcoming prayer breakfast. And this breakfast is going to be held on Saturday, December the fourth. And it's from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. It'll be held at Salvation and Praise Worship Center, which is located at 2302 West Morris Street. And that's Indianapolis. Feel free to send me a private message um, or you can also send me an email as well. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing all that information with us. And again, thank you for sharing your story with us. And Thank you, audience, for joining us for another edition of She Unleashed Podcast. Have a great day.